0: If you are a clinical director or a practice manager and your to-do list is growing by the minute and you could do with an extra pair of hands to support you to roll out your network-based contracts and projects, I would love to help you. We also provide consultancy and coaching advice to healthcare business owners and clinical leads looking to take the next step in their career or their business come and check us out at www.thcprimarycare.co.uk Hi, and welcome back to the Business of Healthcare podcast. I hope you guys are doing well. So in this episode, I have got the lovely Preeti Minhas joining me. She is the head of respiratory and the market intelligence leader, education for health and a pharmacist as her professional background. What you would get from this interview is that Preeti is so clear on her values, what she's about and how it guides the decision she's making about her family life and about her career. And I think it's really, really powerful. It's really, really interesting. And I think it's a lesson we can all learn from. We talk about working alongside people when you feel like your values are different. We talk about the power of mentorship We also talk about parenthood and juggling work with family life and practical, like what practically does Preeti do to manage it? And we also talk about for people that don't have children, it's really, really important to me that regardless of if you have or you don't, we set our boundaries and we take care of ourselves and we make sure that we are doing what we need to do to stay happy, to be motivated. And I think it's it's an important conversation that we must continue to have around building the life that you want, whether you have children or whether you, you do not. And just to sum up, this podcast is about healthcare professionals coming on and sharing the behind the scenes and sometimes it's not about their day job as a pharmacist or as a physician's associate or they are a doctor. It is just about what do I need and what does it take to be able to progress in a way that feels good for me in this sector. The sector is a thing we all have in common and the leadership thoughts and the insights and the conversation, which isn't directly related to our day job, is something that all really connects us. Just wanted to say that and enjoy the episode. <laughs> Hi, Preeti. Thank you so much for joining me today on the Business of Healthcare podcast. How are you doing?
1: Yes, good. Thank you. Thank you for having me.
0: So, how did we meet?
1: So it was through LinkedIn, wasn't it? So yeah. basically, I saw your brilliant kind of mentorship idea. And I thought, do you know what? I want to be a part of this. So I messaged you. And yeah, we just hit it off, didn't we? We had a meeting and then we started talking about how I could support you in terms of the brilliant initiative that you guys had started.
0: And how does that link to your work and your organization? And and what do you do?
1: Okay, so I'm obviously Preeti, Preeti Minhas, and I'm the head of respiratory and market intelligence lead for Education for Health. So I am a pharmacist by background. And I guess to talk a little bit more about our organization, it's a charity organization. And our aim is to very much support people with their health and really their long term conditions. And the way that we do that is through ensuring our healthcare professionals on the front line have the knowledge and know-how to be able to support people and deliver positive outcomes. And that's really close to me because, you know, we're all, our health is so important. And I guess, you know, we all know somebody who's got asthma, who's got diabetes or, you know, going through that prevention. And actually, if we can just do one little bit to make their life easier, then actually, that is the most rewarding thing
0: ever. <laughs> Definitely. And my eldest daughter has got asthma and my youngest daughter's got type 1 diabetes. So, yep, I I am with you on that. And what about the scholarship attracted you personally?
1: There was two things. For me, it is around supporting people to be the best that they can be. And like I said, that's a real reward for me. You know, if I can support people to do that little bit extra or get something out of me that, you know, would really support them, I think is, you know, is that is just that passion to wanting to help. And I think I really wanted to support that. I'm also healthcare professionals because I am one and I wanted to make sure that everyone's got equal opportunity to be able to, to progress in their career. So, you know, we talk a lot around the BAME stuff. We talk about all, you know, does racism exist? Does it not exist? You know, I didn't want that to be a barrier for somebody to succeed in their career, and I guess going back to me, if I can play that one small part to help somebody, then do you know what i've done I've done my job, so yeah, that was one of the reasons and yeah, what a great initiative I mean, I think it's brilliant to to be part of somebody's development and then see them flourish at the other end. I don't think you can get anything more rewarding than that. So uh, yeah, that's what attracted me to it. And I, I like I said, it's a brilliant initiative. Why just, wouldn't you want to be part of it?
0: Well, do you know what? For those, um, I probably need to back up, for those people that may not be aware that are listening. So um at THC, we set up a scholarship where we gifted five £2,000 grants to healthcare professionals from ethnically diverse backgrounds that wanted to progress their leadership career. And then before I knew about this mentorship arm so pretty reached out to me lots of people reached out to me and said I want to help and I just can't you say why wouldn't I want to help I'm just gobsmacked that people like you were like I'll help and then I was like well okay would you like to be a mentor then everybody went oh yeah <laughs> like <laughs> I think I think so and yeah so we we got 34 applicants And we've got 20, 20 or 21 people on the programme. Preeti is a a mentor. What are you, so I know your mentee absolutely loves you. (laughs) All the mentees are absolutely fantastic. And I know they're getting so much out of it. But what are you getting out of it as a mentor?
1: So much. Uh, and, you know, I so look forward to spending my time with my mentee, even if I'm back to back in meetings. I guess, you know, one of the things that I get out of it is I probably and speaking to you. You don't realize how your experience can help somebody else flourish. And I think that's the one thing I've really taken away. So, you know, it's not about being a mentor is not about having all the answers, but it's sharing the successes and actually your mistakes and your failures, however you want to categorize them uh, and getting somebody to learn from them. And, you know, that's the most important thing that I've realized is, do you know, when you look up to role models, I think as leaders, we always say, oh, my God, that's, that person is brilliant. They're perfect. And it's like they've never made a mistake. And actually, I think one thing we're guilty of as leaders is we don't share when things go wrong. And actually, we don't say, do you know what, this is what went wrong. And actually, this is what you could do to learn from my experience. And I think sharing that experience and then seeing somebody take it on board and running with something and then seeing actually how rewarding it is, that's just, I can't express in words how that feels. Because actually, it might have been your mistake that actually you're probably not proud of. But for somebody else to then learn from that, and say, do you know what, I've taken that on board, and actually I'm going to do something different. It's something, like I said, I just can't describe that feeling. It's I get so much energy from that conversation. And, it, it, you know, talking to somebody, you know, we're in a climate right now where it's remote working, we're not seeing our loved ones. And, you know, to engage with somebody and support them. And for them, you know, it's almost a time out for them and concentrating on themselves and helping somebody to just, you know, enhance their resilience and you know be able to bounce back you know personally for me I get so much energy in that and it goes back to what I said right at the beginning knowing that one my little my little experience can support that one person and make a difference to her quality of life so it's not just about her career progression but actually around you know managing kind of let's say motherhood and careers Mm. that's that for me is is what makes that conversation so important and you know like today you know I think I spoke to you and I said you know she's texting me saying good luck for your (laughs) podcast and and actually she's encouraging me as well so you know we look at mentee and mentor relationships and think actually it's the mentor doing all the leading but actually it's a partnership approach and I think a lot of people probably don't view it like I do, but actually it's about you getting something out of it as well as somebody else getting and I've learned so much from her you know She's, she's kind of brought back that reality of what life was like on the front line. And actually, in terms of my role is then making sure every learning intervention that I design then enables me to think, do you know what? That's what my mentee said. That's what I need to put in this. And actually, how then do you apply that clinical learning to deliver that patient outcome? Yeah, I love it. And, you know, I'd really take this opportunity to encourage everybody to do it because yeah. it's just brilliant. And it's great for your own personal growth. And I think
0: that's so important. I think it makes you realize, I wouldn't say how much you know, but how far you've come. And I think most people on that became a mentee, even though they mentor people every day in some shape or form, but they may not, they're not classed as a mentor. I think it's made them realize, it's made me realize like, Sometimes I do know what well, I do know some stuff. Yeah. It's very rare. <laughs> but every now and again I think, oh, that's really good. That's really helpful. Um, it's given me confidence. And I think as a, a leader, I think sometimes we forget the higher you climb, I think people you still need lots of support and you still need those words of encouragement because you don't get it all the time. You get it very, especially if you run your own business, you don't get it at all. <laughs> just like, tell me tell me i have done a job. You did a brilliant job, Tara. <laughs> so I think um, it's, yeah, it's really, it's really rewarding. It's not that time consuming. You know, like the, our program is, it's just, I don't know if you'll run over an hour, but mine are four, we've got four hours. That should take you. <laughs> Nice. so we are
1: quite good doing
0: time management okay. but we put in extra sessions uh, um, yeah, <laughs> and a few other people doing it, and that's so nice and that's the point and I think it is just to pair people together and that uh, it's I think people use the term you know like mentoring up and mentoring down mm-hmm. but if we just if you think of a line it's just two people coming together at different stages in their careers different backgrounds coming together just to talk just to share and I think what's really nice is you know you'll have a conversation and then it you go back and you kind of forget you kind of think oh Oh, that was nice and you had the conversation Then something will come up in your day or your week or your month and you'll be like oh it makes you stop and reflect and yeah go and into that conversation
1: yeah and that that's exactly what this is this is about learning from each other we never stop learning and and you know I think I had this conversation with you a couple of weeks ago you know people say or oh, people from different backgrounds or people that are different can't get up can't get along and actually that's not the case Being different enables you to learn from one another. It enables you to learn about, I know, you know, we've had different opinions, but actually it enables me to see things from a different perspective. Yes, you know, conflict does happen, but conflict only happens when your values are challenged, and that's a very different conversation. But I think, you know, in the world that we're in, you know, with social media, we're kind of taught to think in a certain way, and if we like something, then it's you only like that and actually... That kind of difference of opinion actually is almost winding down. And I think what this mentor and mentor relationship taught me is is that growing and learning at each point. And it's really taking every single opportunity to learn. So like I said to you, it's not about me teaching them Hmm. everything because I don't have all the answers. What I can do is, is coach. I can ask those questions. And, and get them to learn from like I said some of the experiences I've had and think about what they want from their life you know what they what do they want from their career but equally what do they want from their home life and, yeah. and you know being that you know probably a little bit challenging as well and saying right if you want to change careers talk to me about why you want it and actually one of the things that my mentee has realized is actually it's not she wants to change careers actually it's The team that she was working with, there was a lot of kind of difference, say, a difference of opinions. And actually, that's what forced her. And actually, is that the right decision for her? And actually, she's come back two months later and said, no, it's not. So, you know, it is about that growing, both of us growing and listening and learning to one another, which is which is so important. So, yeah, yeah, I'd say to everyone, everyone
0: needs to do this. It's interesting you talk about it can be challenging and it's knowing when the challenge is good so if we're having a conversation and we were talking about and learning from different people so we were talking about our high profile political leader um, <laughs> and we did talk about some of the things we could learn from this person that they they are an entrepreneur they're very business savvy they have built this huge empire that is beyond that person now, but when you're in a normal day-to-day in an organisation and you come across somebody that you don't like and they are your they are your boss or they are they're higher up in the hierarchy, and it's I think the value of a coaching relationship or a mentorship relationship is how do you you don't have to like each other and you talk about values people get into conflict when they feel their values are attacked that is really 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 difficult sometimes that person may not have meant to attack your values and that is a genuine, they really, well, sometimes they, they did. How can you work with somebody when you're very, very different and your values are rubbing up against each other?
1: Do you know what? I think I've learned through the course of my career that people say, oh, you know, just keep that person at arm's length. And actually for me, that's the absolute opposite of what you should be doing. Mm. For me, it's about understand. you know, people do things for a reason, it's the why. And and it's, we've had this conversation, you know, the last time was people forget, they, they're really quick to make an assumption. We're really quick as humans to kind of label somebody or say they can't do something because of X, Y, and Z. Actually, what we forget to do is seek to understand. So, you know, if we talk about that political person, you know, I, I think I said to you that well, I need, I need to understand why that. Why do they do that? Why do they think like that? Why why is their thinking shaped like that? And we just don't take the time to do that. So one of the things, you know, I said to my mentee is when she has that conflict is, why do you think that person is behaving in that manner? What's What's causing that behavior? And actually what we found out was she relies so much on my mentee because she trusts her knowledge and expertise. And actually my mentee went away going, oh my God, she actually does really like me. And actually, I think sometimes we just don't, we don't seek to understand. We don't say, why is this person? What have I done that might have caused this? We simply go to that person, oh my God, I don't want to work with that person, or I can't work with that person. It's just taking the time out to reflect. And that's, you know, over the course of my career, I've learned that so much. And you know I I had a boss at the beginning of my career who said to me you know I had I had to manage a team and one of them just oh my god she just didn't listen no matter what I did I did coaching I did you know all of the kind of the above and I said I remember going to him I said oh um, she's just not listening you know what can I do you know I didn't want to go down the disciplinary route and he said to me he said Preeti you won't know you won't understand this now but you'll understand it in the course of your career and he said nobody comes to work to do a bad job i nobody comes to work to to kind of you know be told off and i sat there and i thought what are you talking about like no this one she just wants to make my life hard and now after saying you know in my career i realize how true that is nobody comes to work to get a telling off nobody comes to work to have a bad day essentially And it actually, it's really helped me when I have teams or when I have a conversation with somebody to understand what has caused, why are they, you know, they're not going to have the same motivation as me to get up and go, that's fine. But what does motivate them? And it's aligning then your approach to their wants, as opposed to, you know, as leaders, we're saying, this is what I want, 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 want. That's not the way, Mm -hmm. you know, we, you know, I think there's a famous quote, which says, you know, you hire people um smart people to let to tell them to tell them is it no for them to tell you what to do and actually that's right but mm-hmm. I think culture says we hire people to tell them what to do. No, that's not right. Let people be creative, let people be innovative, let people empower them and go and do their job. And that's mm-hmm. something I often say in my organisation a lot. <laughs> their motivations are different. What they want to get out of their job will be different to you and that's fine. And it's up to us to respect that. But it is up to us to change our approach. And yes, there are going to be people that, have, you know, there's that will, skill, you know, analogy, that do they just want not want to do it. And actually, they just don't want to do it, no matter what you do, because yeah. you want to support them. But, you know, there is a bit of, actually, let's understand people.
0: Yeah. You're a better leader than me. <laughs> okay. Yeah. it. I think when you get to the heart of somebody's motivation, I think... You talked about nobody comes to work to get a telling off or to do a bad job. And I think the other end of the spectrum is when you feel like people are antagonizing you, you know, they're really pushing, really just pushing your buttons. And again, it feels like they're, they're just antagonizing me, but they are driven. By something else and you're driven by something else and that's where the clash comes so I think really undertaking the time to understand and I've done that I've had instances where I've been like let's just when we could it's not happened recently but let's just go out for lunch let's go out for dinner let's go out for a drink let's go out for a walk just to let just try to remove them remove both of ourselves out of the environment go somewhere else and then just try to talk to them like not about work like what have you been up to just trying to get to know them just trying to see what have we got in common we cannot we both work here we're both here so there is, we've got something in common and trying to find that commonality and i think it's people call it soft i mean it's not a soft skill it's a really difficult hard skill but i think it's one that can't be underestimated and my advice would be if you can try to take that person out of the environment that you are and try to just connect with them like you would do, like just don't don't see them as your boss or your superior or beneath you. They're just another person. You disagree. And what is really tough is sometimes you have to think what it, sometimes what, and this is definitely true for me, what I don't like in other people is often, is often what I don't like in myself.
1: Yeah. And there's reasons, do you know why people, you know, I've had one where somebody was so insecure with me and I was just like, but what, what do you mean? I, d- I don't understand. And they were like, oh, but you're achieving this and your projects are going really well. And and you, you don't realise. And actually when I got to the bottom of it and I spent some time with them, because I could have run away from that situation. I could have said, you know, it takes too much energy. I haven't got time for this. I went back and I spent some time and actually got to the ground root that actually she was just insecure with me. And actually I was like, I did I genuinely didn't realise because what I was doing was for the team, but they didn't see it like that. So sometimes it's just it is understanding each other. But you know, it goes back to when you said, you know, if somebody is antagonizing you. You've always got the, you know, the one person or whatever that pushes the wrong buttons. You also need to learn how to cope and manage yourself. Yeah. So there's no point in going and spending time with them if you're not in the headspace to be able to do that. Yeah. So you need to know how do you cope with that? How do you cope with, you know, if it's bounce back, what we call it? How what the the kind of strategies that you're going to have within yourself to say, do you know what I'm going to go? I need to get back to myself and be prepared. You've always got that one person who will challenge you, and but actually they're probably doing it for the right reasons. But just be prepared for that challenge, and it's not necessarily saying you're not good at something. It's just a different way of prospecting. And for me, it's about respecting somebody else's different viewpoint is yeah. really, really important. And I think when that doesn't happen, is that's where conflict happens. So, you know, no one person is right, unless you're obviously between husband and wife, yes, then I'm always right. <laughs> but anyway, um, you know, it's, it is about actually just understanding somebody. It's okay to be different. It's okay have a different opinion and it's okay to be to get something different out of your life and that's perfectly fine but it comes about respecting that person's viewpoint and I think that for me is is the ultimate of my personal life or my professional life that for me is is the kind of bottom line
0: so switching gears a little bit I wanted to talk to you about parent motherhood being a parent. And one of the reasons why is it comes up in these, in my interviews and just my daily life around, and it sounds so old fashioned, but it does come up. Can you build a career and have a family? Can you, if you don't have a family, if you don't have children at a certain point, those people are perceived, you know, like, as different. Like, why have you not, oh, poor you, you haven't had a baby. And I'm thinking, as a mum with three kids, I think, oh, my God, you've got your body, you've got money, you've got time. Like, it's like this, like, hang on to it. Um, Yeah. And I just think, what is your experience of, how many children do you have? Two. So I've got two beautiful children who, you know what, yeah. You know, I don't know what I'd
1: do without them today. So I've got a four-year-old, so he's just turned four. And then
0: I've got a one-year-old, so she's going to be two in February. So people do people say to you, how do you do it, pretty? How do you look like you do? And you've how have you brushed your hair? <laughs> Give us the details of how you do it. Because I think this is, people will say, Oh, well, I'm really organised or my partner helps me. But it's like the people, that that answer isn't good enough because people still keep asking but how okay
1: so how do I do what I do so first of all can you have a career and be a mum yes absolutely you can and if I can do it anybody can do it um I think it goes back to what I need so you know as a as a mum there's you know as much as I hate saying this because I'm quite a creative person it is structure and routine that's really important So, you know, at the beginning on a Sunday evening, for instance, me and my husband will sit down and we'll align our diaries and we'll say, right, in the week, who's going to do a pickup and who's going to do a drop off? Now, in the lockdown, we've aligned our diaries, so he always does the drop off and I always do the pickup. And and I guess part of that is being really honest with those people you work with. So, you know, is saying, actually, and I've got an incredible boss. She, you know, I say to her, right, I need to pick up my kids at four o'clock. And again, it comes back to that respect that actually if I need to do an extra half an hour or I need to do an hour, I'm empowered to be able to go and do that. So there's been times when actually I'll go and pick up the kids at four o'clock and actually four till seven is their time. That for me is really important. So it's going back to what is important. What do I want out of my personal life and what do I want out of my professional life? So for me, what's important is I want to be able to make the kids a home cooked meal every day. I want to spend, you know, the time that they come from nursery and spend it. That, that Those two are without a given. That's what we need to do. So on a Sunday, we sit down, we align our diaries and we say, right, you're going to do this pickup. Is there any time where, for instance, today I have a meeting, you know, quite late on that I think I might run over. So today's an exception where I've said, actually, can you do the drop off? So we always on a Sunday night, that's our time to align diaries you know, even get up time. So, you know, my husband had a call at quarter past seven this morning with Australia. So actually, normally he gives the breakfast. So I was like, right, so actually, I need to get up earlier to be enable you to do it. So we do plan a lot, which, you know, is his forte. So like I said, Sunday night, we sit down, we look at our meeting, we look at our weekday. And we say, right, where do we each need support? You know, people are going to think I'm military operation here, but it's really not. Um, you know, we look at the chores of what needs to, to, to be done. So, for instance, I love cooking the dinners. You know, he he loves doing the laundry. So then he will go and make sure that during the week the laundry is his bag and the cooking the dinners are mine. So I'll make sure that in my lunch hour, for instance, so I'll do my meetings and at lunch while I'm eating my lunch, I'm also cooking the kids dinner. So that way that it's ready when they come home. And that's something that do you know what for me I take a lot of pride in? I like to cook them different dishes and also because my nursery cook really good dishes that I have to come to feel like I compete with them. Um say at lunchtime, while I finished my meetings, I'll have I'll put a one hour break in my lunch day and I'll give myself kind of 20 minutes just for some me time to eat my lunch, and then the rest of the kind of time I will then cook there dinner and that way for
0: me when they come through the door their dinner is done I would say that where you're you like to make different meals and that you take part my priority is just that we eat <laughs> <laughs> um so if th- there are mums out there that are thinking oh that's that sounds lovely I do that if there are other mums thinking oh my god I'm a really terrible mum you're in my camp my goal we just eat Like we just eat. And sometimes uh, how our kitchen is designed, like two people will be on the dining room table. I might be standing up, two people be sitting at the breakfast bar and we're all just chatting. And I'll say to the kids, I said this to somebody, I said this to my health coach and she, her eyebrows did raise. And I said, kids, what do you want to eat? And they went, hoops. And I went, what's that? And they went, spaghetti hoops on toast. And I thought, I looked in the cupboard we had some I thought yep fine you know like
1: and that's the thing I've had of course I've had days like that which person doesn't but do you know what going back to what you said it's not about being a terrible mum it's just what works for you for me part of my cooking that meal also de-stresses me out as well it's a way that you know it goes back to how do I keep my energy up through the day that's my time it's something that I like to do so absolutely you know where we get these labels or we start saying oh you're a terrible mum if you love your kids, you're not a terrible mum. That that's a bit and it goes back to what I said, it's about respecting each other. Yeah. And so yeah, if I cook a which I don't, I just need to say to everyone I <laughs> it. like um, if you do. If I if I cook a five-star meal, that doesn't make me the greatest mum in the world. You know, the fact that I, you know, the way I think is if you love and care for your kids, it doesn't matter what you do, you know, if you give them an iPhone or whether you give them a Nokia, which doesn't exist anymore, it doesn't tell you how much you love your kids. It's just what you can afford. Actually, it's that love and care that's the most important. So I think, you know, going over from that, the one thing I always say is is the support around you. So at the moment, our families don't live with us. So one family lives in Yorkshire and one family lives down in London. So we're quite on our own. We've got a brilliant group of friends. But for me, it's not about somebody doing m- making me a meal. You know, it's not somebody making our dinners. What I have realised, it's about being surrounded by the right people. And actually it's about, you know, what I need going back to motivation. If I'm having a really rubbish day, I just need somebody to say to me, no, pretty, you can do this. And so when I was studying for my postgrad certificate during this time, that's what I needed, you know. I just needed that pick-me-up. I needed that person that, you know, my sisters are brilliant for this. They're just like, shut up and get on with it. Right? Like, they're just like, come on, you can do this. And that's, that's what I need personally from a support mechanism. I don't need somebody to come and do my laundry, even though I'd love that. I don't want somebody to come and make my dinners. Just to have a five-minute conversation is so important. And I think that that's what I need. So I've taken some real time to understand what is it that drives me? What is it that drives me to be the best that I can be for them? And I think, and do you know what? It's actually funny because if I have a bad day, I'm really honest with my four-year-old. He always asks me at the end of the day, "Mom, how's your day been? And I go, oh, I didn't have a very good day. And his words of encouragement, he goes, it's okay, Mom." And I'm like, yeah, you're right, it, it's okay. <laughs> and do you know what? I This is why I say my kids are, are almost my motivators. And I know some people might not think that's right, but actually for me it is right. You know, when you say, oh, you don't have somebody and, and, you know, your bride, you go, it's okay. And I'm like, do you know what? It is okay. You know, and you get that perspective back. You you know, I look, have they been fed? Have they been, you know, I'd say watered, but bathed? Um, you know, <laughs> then that's right. It's all the tick. Have they, you know, have I tucked them in bed? Because that's what's important to me. You know, it, it, it goes back to what do you want from your family life? And it's not wrong if you want different things. Um, it can, it just goes back to differences. So again, you know, going back to kind of time is of the essence. You know, one thing my husband said is, is if, and and he's really, really positive, and he often says to me, you know, when I think about, you know, conflicting situations, he goes, if I said to you why you were spending that time thinking about that conflicting, and you were run over by a bus, you'd be lying there saying, I wish I'd spent five extra minutes with my son and daughter. And that always comes back in my head because even when I'm on my, you know, there are times at the dinner table where I might just answer a work email and actually I have to put the phone away and go, no, do you know what? This is my time because, do you know, if something happened tomorrow, I'm going to regret it and I don't want to have any regrets.
0: Have you ever felt pressure in your career? You know, and it's like you've got like your boundaries, but then there's, there's there was that meeting where you can't, you know, and you think, oh, No, it's outside of you. It it, it encroaches on a boundary. How do you feel in those moments? Or does it feel very easy to just say, I'm not doing it? Or do you?
1: No, absolutely not. I think, you know, that rule of me saying four o'clock, I'm going to do the pickups. It doesn't always work. And I think it's about being flexible. You know, what's brilliant is, you know, if I I look, yeah, if today I haven't done the pickup, for instance, which is important to me. You know, I'll do so. I'll I'll just make a, do an extra effort to make sure that yes, I'm not doing anything else in that time that I'm with them. So you know, you've got to be flexible as well with your time. It's not always going to work that I'm going to have four four till seven, but if I can commit to, do you know what? Eighty percent of that time, I'm doing what I want to do, and the twenty percent I'm not, then that's good that for me. True. Yeah, you know, and and it goes back to being flexible. You know, like I said to my my boss is brilliant. You know, she's always said, you know, I think in this pandemic, I've done, you know, having my kids on my lap while um, doing a conference call. Now, people may look at that and go, oh, my God, what the hell? Why would you do that? It's not professional. But you know what? This is in a pandemic. This is the way we're coping. And actually, this is who I am. I'm not just an employee. I am a mum. I'm somebody's sister. I'm somebody's friend. And actually, my, my boss often says to me, you, you do what you've got to do, because actually she knows that later on in the evening, I'll get it done or I'll get it done. we have that trust and she empowers me to do a good job. So it goes back to, you know, set realistic goals. I can't go and pick up the kids at four o'clock every day if I've got a meeting. But actually, is 80 percent of the time good? Then yes. Yeah, so be it. That works for me. And I've got an incredible role model, which are my two sisters who, you know, they often say to me, my sister did say, she goes, when you have kids, you know, if, I mean, she's brilliant. She's got a senior job and she looks after the kids. And I, I used to look at her going, I can't get out of bed till like nine o'clock <laughs> or a week. And I almost I look at her and I've had somebody to work, work up towards and look up to. And, you know, it goes back to what I said right at the beginning of this podcast is learning from her. You know, learning from both of them.
0: And I think if you're listening to this and you don't have children, A, if you just don't have them, you still have to, the same rules apply. And it really frustrates me when people say, well, I don't have a family, so I can do this, or I don't have the same pressures. It's like... Regardless of what your family setup is, whether your friends may be your family, you know, like if you don't live with your mum or your dad, you are still a person, you have got some sort of family unit, even if it's just you and your dog, that you should have those boundaries. And that shouldn't just be for just for the mums and the dads. And yeah, it's one thing it's really, I feel very passionate about because it really frustrates me when people say, well, I don't have children. I don't have the same pressures, but it's like, you still got a life and everyone's got pressures. And I just think, I just think it's really, really important. And I think that the conversation still comes up. And I think maybe people think, and I think we, other mums ask it of each other or other people ask it of each other because what you've just described is what I mean. I would say the majority of people do. There is a point in your week where you'll sit down with your significant other or just by yourself and work out your week, whether you have got kids or not. And I think people are thinking it can't be that. It has to be something else. What else are you doing? What else are you doing? You're saying, well, you don't have a cleaner. You don't have a cook, you don't have a chef. You don't like you let you just do it yourself. And you just work it out and some days I would say I'm on it some days I think I'm like obnoxiously on it and I'm like and other days I'm like you know the, the house is a tip it is an absolute tip and I look around and I just think oh, I can't be bothered
1: and saying, <laughs> I know
0: and I you know
1: I have moments where I'm just like, oh if I go to the toilet, that's my five minutes just to have some me time, you know? And and I say that, I'll say to my husband, I need to have five minutes and he gets it. And we have that where he knows what I need. So if I'm having a day like that and I say, I'm just off to the toilet for five minutes. He's like, yeah, I know I need to keep the kids away or I need to keep, we just need to just let mom have five minutes. And I think it's having that understanding between you is really important. Whoever you live with doesn't matter whether it's your mom, yeah. your brother, It's just having that understanding that what it goes back to what I said. You've got to know what works for you and you've got to know what makes you back at your best. So I know if I'm having a really bad day and the dinner's gone wrong, the house looks a tip and and all of that. And I look a mess, um, you know, I'll come back and I'll say to my husband, just need five minutes and I'll go away. I'll sort myself out and I'll come back and I'll feel so much better for it. So even, you know, people say to me, or. I feel guilty having me time. No, don't. Because if that's what you need to be at your best, then that's what you need. You know, my husband always says, is it better for you to have five minutes away and be at the best that you can be or spend that extra five minutes with the kids and being not very nice company, Yeah.
0: you know? So it, it really goes back to, you've got to know what works for you. I love, I mean, I feel like you need five minutes. I'm off to Everest. <laughs> I'm in like, two weeks. Yeah. How have you become so clear in what you want? I guess it's the kids.
1: The kids have made me realize, actually, I'll take one step back. So, my career has made me realize when you're with lots of people, you interact with lots of people, you take a bit out and you say, you know, we, we've all done it. Well, I hope I'm not like that or I don't come across like that. The kids really made me realise what, A, I want from my life and B, what I want for them and actually what values are important to me. And and having that maternity leave, you know, as much as I struggled not working, I think, that time actually made me realise what do I want? What do I want for my children? Who are the people I want to be around? What are the values that I hold close to me? So everyone that knows me you know for me is the success and I said this right at the beginning is is the difference I can make to somebody's life having a great car having an apple watch yeah it's all good things but that that for me is not success if I look back at my life I don't want to say I don't want to be recognized for having the nicest car or having the nicest watch I want to be recognized for the love and support I give my family and that don't just mean my kids I mean my my you know my wider family that's what's important to me. So that period of reflection is so, so important. And I probably reflect a lot, probably sometimes so much on the, the kind of you shouldn't be reflecting this much. And actually, you know, my family or my sisters will tie me in and say, you need to stop thinking. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, and, you know, for me, every situation that happens, I do go into the why. So I'll often be like, why did I behave like that? Or why did that happen? Or What did that person do that made me trigger? And actually it goes back to getting a really great understanding of of who I am and what I want to be and what do I want to be for my children. And that for me, the maternity leave gave me that time. From a career
0: perspective, what do you want to be known for?
1: Making a difference to people's lives. And I I genuinely mean that, that I keep banging on about this, but do you know when I had some I had a learner yesterday, she rang me and said, Pretty, I came on your workshop and I did this for a patient and I would never have done that beforehand. And I said, Well, what did the patient say and do? And she told me about the impact she'd had. And I and I just sat back and and it gave me the motivation. I was like, this is why I come to work. This is what gives me the job. Am I ambitious? Yes. Am I career career driven? Yes. Is it important to me? Yes. But actually, I feel that if I do what's, you know, if I if I'm able to touch those people's lives, success like in terms of career will come will come following that. You know, if you do the right things, all of the other things will come. Yes, there's political games all the time in every organisation, whatever. You know, there's politics wherever we look, right. But actually, I strongly feel that if you do the right things today, then that success will follow you. And for me, if that's in a career, career mode, then, yeah, absolutely. It will happen in time. So, yeah, that that is, you know, when a learner comes back to me and says, oh, pretty, I've done this, or I've achieved something for the organisation, I'm like, yes, I've done it. And that's what motivates me. So the career stuff comes, and that has taken me time to learn again. It's before I was like, well, if I do a good job, I should get promoted it doesn't it doesn't work like that there's loads of reasons right but I just think in time and my husband always says this to me and he used to say it to me he used to wind me up so much i would be like you don't know what you're talking about but actually it's true you know if you do the right things you know your motivations are there and you know what success looks like for you and what's important then actually all of the other stuff just come and you know I'd always say to everyone if an opportunity comes your way pick it up with two hands Because, you know, I never thought I'd be in the role I am today, never in a million years. If you ask me at the age of 18 or when I finished my pharmacy degree, Preeti, you do the head of respiratory and market intelligence role. I'll be like, what are you talking about? I don't want to do training and education. Did it happen by accident? Yes. Did it make me realise that actually this is something that's really close to me? Yes. It, it was brilliant. And it was by, it was by accident. So, you know, take a hold of those opportunities that come in front of you. And your career will navigate out your own way. You know, we're really structured as humans, we do our GCSEs, then we do our A levels, and then we think we've got to go to uni. And then when it comes to our careers, we're like, but there's no path, there's, there's no straight path. And I struggled with that at the beginning, because I was like, mm, I don't understand where's my career mapping, like, it should be just straight up, mm-hmm. right? It doesn't work like that. So, you know, did did I ever end up thinking I'd be here? Absolutely not. Um, you know, I always thought I wanted to be the next CEO, which I probably still want to do. But, you know, um, yeah, I never thought I'd come this route. And I, like I said, I've it's not just about education I've learned. I've learned about commercials of a business. I've learned about service delivery. So, you know, if the next opportunity comes, which isn't in education, then actually, do you know what that, that's right for me because I get the best of both
0: worlds. So yeah, it's about grabbing opportunities and progressing in terms of your career. Thank you so much for joining me. If people want to find out more about education for health and how I describe education for health, if you are looking for professional development opportunities, kind of regardless of the, your profession, I would, I would, your first stop should be education for health. Where can they find out about that? Yes. Yeah, so you can visit our website,
1: which is www.educationforhealth.org. We have a number of accredited courses, but also non-accredited courses as well. And, you know, for us, what's really important, the pandemic has really accelerated our thinking. And I, we didn't want to be known as an online organisation. That's not what we want to do. What we want to do is to connect with our learners because we know it's tough on the front line. So what you will see with us is an online blended learning approach. So we use a variety of webinars and workshops. We do host them virtually, but it's about connecting to somebody who's um, experienced within that field. So a clinical expert. So, yeah, like I said, is visit our website. We've got a respiratory update pack. So these are fact sheets, podcasts, ask the expert webinars. Uh, We've got some exciting new projects which I can't talk about right now. But please have a look at our website in two weeks or three weeks. So, yeah, have a look at them and you'll find a range of areas to support you as a clinician. Thank you. Thank you.
0: Thank you so much for joining us. If you like what you hear, I would absolutely love it if you left us an iTunes rating and five star review. newsletter in the show notes and I will see you in the next episode.